0: Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us, a podcast dedicated to the stories of leaders in the technology industries that bring us closer together, specifically content and media, satellite and news space, connectivity, and cybersecurity. Your hosts are me, John Clifton, Laurie Scott, and Will Trenchard, the founders of Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm focused on these exact industries. We love being a part of them, and we're excited to share these stories with you. Welcome to the Tech That Connects Us. Your hosts today are me, John Clifton, alongside Laurie Scott, co-founders of NUCO. And we're delighted today to be joined by Dara McCann, former EVP of HR at SES Networks.
1: Thanks, John. So Dara is a good friend of NUCO, um, and we've had the pleasure of assisting. Dara when she was scanning up O3B networks and then from the transition over to SES networks. So Dara's worked um, in a lot of different industries, but more recently in space and technology. So her expertise is in people um, and the ultimate transferable skill. She joined O3B when it was very much the startup back in 2010 um, and was a major influence. So when they got their funding, she helped sort of grow the team brought in a number of talent and put in a number of implements of HR processes. After the acquisition of SES um, and O3B, Dara was the executive coach and facilitator uh, facilitator to the executive team responsible for the design and implementation of the company's transformation worldwide and the culture transformation programme. Welcome to the show, Dara. Delighted to have you on board.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Excellent. so Dara, what we'd like to do to get things started is sort of go back from the beginning really. So um, how and why did well how and why did you get into the um, the space and satellite industry?
2: Well it was sort of by accident I think <laughs> 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 uh, maybe is uh, unusual but um, I had been um, I had done some work some of the shareholders are the investors in the early days in 3 b I had done some work for them before, and they recommended me to O3B, who needed, at the time, it was teeny. It was like 24 people with some contractors, so they just needed somebody to come in and run the payroll, start the recruitment processes, and start to put some of the infrastructure in place. At that time, I had my own business, uh, and um, it was good to do some general HR work. So I I thought, fine. I was doing maybe two or three days a week for them, and. Happily going about with my other business, and then yeah. uh, suddenly O three B. Well, not suddenly. So um, Mark Regal was the person who actually employed me into three B as
1: a contractor. Of yeah. And then,
2: um, Steve Collar was appointed as CEO. I think in about April or May, two uh, two thousand and
1: eleven. Yeah.
2: Steve, um, I didn't realise how charismatic Steve was. So when I when he was appointed, I said. I rang him and said, you know, you're stepping into a situation. You know, this is everybody's there's been lots of change. You're a new CEO. You know, are you aware of, you know, are you going to take care of all of these people? Because I had actually grown to be quite fond of the people there. And I really was excited about what they were doing. And yeah. And Steve said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, what are you going to say to the management team? So he said, well, why don't you come and facilitate my meeting with them? You know, so he did a three-day strategy meeting with his new team, and I thought, oh, fine. So um, often, what I do anyway, like in the work I was doing, was to profile people and to look at the the makeup of the team. Yeah. Who's in the room? How are they going to gel together? How will they work together? So I went and facilitated Steve's meeting uh, with you know the original O3B team, um, and we didn't even have a taxi account. Okay, so Steve was dropping me back to the airport you know because that's how we got around and we were saving money and everything Um, and Steve said you should just come and join us and I was going don't be ridiculous like I've I've got a family I've got four kids a dog (laughs) my husband (laughs) you know my own business and actually it was important to me because I had that freedom in my own business which I needed with four children
1: yeah Um, and Steve,
2: write your own job description people are so important it's really critical that we have people in the center of what we do otherwise we'll never get what we need done so that was a selling point to me the fact that um to be on the leadership team with a definite agenda for for empowering people to do great work I thought well and, and it was space and that sounded really exciting you know, I, I thought, okay so I, I immediately started commuting and then the whole family moved in the summer and it was just you know crazy crazy times
1: and you become that super cool mum when telling your four children that you're working in space. So uh, it's very exciting.
2: You'd hope, you'd hope. But the children are like, yeah, well, I'm sure you don't know that much about it, mum. You know, even now, like they're like, <laughs> can you use your phone? You know, they take my phone out of my hand and try and do things quicker. But, uh, but yes, I, hopefully, it's, it's secretly, I think in the back of their minds, they thought, wow. Especially when you go to rocket launches and all of that type of thing.
1: Awesome. yeah and it was so so cool i mean I, I remember the early days sort of going to the hague and i think the offices you had that part that was uh, next to ses and then going back over the years it got expanded it got bigger and bigger and then how many people sort of came on and um yeah i mean a great great team that was built within the organization so um fantastic excellent well uh, we're going to stick with the past um and then i'm going to pass you over to john because i know he's got a few questions that he wants to ask you
0: yeah. So, um, I, I was curious, you know, you, you've worked, with lo- you've worked with lots of different people over your career, um, you know, and of course had the stint of running your own business and then the whole period with O3B and, and SES. So I was curious to know, has there been one person that you would single out as having had the biggest impact on, on your career?
2: It's funny, as I thought about that question, or as I think about that question, it's not natural. I'm not I don't think of people in work. I think about my family and actually my dad and uh, my dad has always well, he's dead now. But um, when he was alive, he was he was so he's always for me. Like, you know, I drink, dad go. Good grief, I don't know what to do to have, and he'd be going, No, you're great and wonderful and fantastic. And those whoever I was working for at the time, they're lucky to have you. And you know, I'm one of six children, so you had to do that with each of us. <laughs> he was always on the phone to us and always so encouraging. And actually, I think that is so important. I think in all of the work that I do, the what I, you know, and bringing that into O3B even at the start. We as management team had that as a foundation, it was like we will encourage everybody, we will have their back and actually when you have your employees backs when you have the teams back. They can be great because if they make a mistake you're going to you're going to solve the problem we'll be together we'll fix it, because when you're moving so fast, you will make mistakes you know so actually so it has to be my dad and you know my sister is brilliant she's like always like no you can do it you know because there are moments where you think I have no idea how to open up an office in that country or you know what the legislation is or you know how to do that or you know how do you interview a rocket scientist you know (laughs) so so (laughs) it's like okay you know we'll get it done together so he was very encouraging and um, um, and I hope I do that with my own kids and I hope people do that but there are moments where you know you forget
0: no I love that and I, I, and I, I totally agree sometimes you do just need someone to tell you that you're great and that your idea is going to work uh, just to give you the confidence to do it so uh, so, so I love that And um, from a, a technology standpoint one of the things i'm I'm fascinated to hear from your perspective is how do you think that technology has changed the workplace from yeah you know, from the working environment obviously the last 10 11 months has expediated huge change. But over the past, you know, 10-15 years, what do you think have been some of the biggest changes that have had the impact on the workplace?
2: Well I think I think there's uh, everything happens a lot faster. I mean I remember back when the first word processor was introduced <laughs> to a company and, and people didn't want to use it and I was very happy to use it because I make lots of spelling mistakes so I thought okay great. Um You know, so, you know, with even email, you know, when I started working, we didn't even have email. We used to write to people, you know, and now you think about that, or you talk to your children about that, and they think, what? That's a bit strange, isn't it? You know? So actually, um, I think a lot of things have changed. And I think it's really, um, it's very, um, uh, uh, it's speeded things up it means that we're always in an always on uh, sort of environment where, you know, you can, you can be in communication 24 seven. And Mm. then that means that you have to be responsible for how often you engage because it's so addictive almost, you know, to respond to that email, to the text to, you know, we have so many different methods of communication and, you know, so I think it has made things faster. It's great because you can get so many things done so much quicker. Um, and, um, you know, then you look at sort of video, we were talking a little earlier on about video and and the fact that you can see somebody face to face and and chat to them and get to know them a little bit. And, you know, I think later on, we're going to talk about diversity. It helps a lot when you can see people and you get to know them, you understand their environments and, and everything. So, so I think there are lots of pluses. I think we have to, as people, we have to learn to manage, um, this always on culture because it's, it's not sustainable to just work. It's not sustainable to just not work. Like it's, you know, it's, it's very important to balance these things and each person is different. And depending on what phase of life you're at, each phase is different as well. So, um, so I think it's a great, it's been great because it's accelerated so many things. And then I, I think, you know, imagine where we'd be with COVID if we didn't have the technology we had today.
1: Oh, I
0: know. It's, scary, it's scary, isn't it? It's scary to think. It's scary to think. Um, it really is. It really is. Um, thank you very much for those um, for those answers. And now I think we're we're leading back into a few more about the um, about the present and a, a bit more about the workplace and what we can what we can see. So back to you, Laurie.
1: Yeah. So, so, Dara. I mean, from a HR point of view, I mean, you've experienced this firsthand at SES Networks, obviously, especially over the last twelve months and with COVID. So. Um, you've touched on it already in terms of the the current climate but I mean how do you sort of see that employers uh, can make it easier for their employees um I mean we've, we've got the video platform we don't necessarily need to work in the office anymore um because you can do it virtually but really sort of keen to get your take on that really from your point of view
2: I think people have to have permission to have downtime, and I think people are concerned for their jobs and the environment you know like they're like People are very keen to be seen to be doing all of the right things and seen to be working hard. I mean, when people were going into an office, it was easy for a line manager to know who's doing what. Well, superficially easy for people to see who was working hard and who wasn't, who was in on time. You know, all of that mm. type. of, thing. Have a little interaction so that you could check well how you're getting on. Yeah. Now that people are relying on email and video and WhatsApp and whatever. And um, I think people feel under pressure to be always on a video always you know visible always looking their best like oh yeah without the kids running around in the background you know and interrupting you and and you know or somebody boils a kettle I was trying to I was trying to have a, a conference call with somebody the other day and my husband started making a cup of coffee and I never realized the kettle could be so loud I was like <laughs> you, know, you know you're sort of looking like, please stop doing that and you don't want to interrupt your call and so I think employers have to be, uh, in this current time, have to be a little bit more uh, accepting of that people are trying to school their children, trying to yeah. take care of people, people are sick, you know. You know so, so as employers, to give people a break, to give them the permission and not just the words like, oh, of course, take the afternoon off, you know, or of course, go for a walk and then be secretly in, in their mind thinking, I wonder if they're actually doing any work. So yeah. You know, it's it's down to that being flexible and agile enough, and have enough uh, uh, oversight. Maybe oversight's not the right word, but allow make sure your line manager, the line managers, if you've got people that you really are connecting with them one on one and seeing how they're doing. And um, because yeah. everything slowed down a bit, it will get faster. But it's really that permission to take time out of off the screen and really sort of recharge.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, something at Nuco, we we've been um, haven't put anybody on furlough. We've been so um, productive and and throughout this whole time. But I, I mean as you know you're very much around the people looking after the people's welfare and their mentality and it's it's taken a little while but trying to get the guys to make sure they take a break make sure they take an hour and a half two hours get out while it's daylight uh, especially on lockdown just go and get some fresh air and try and recharge the batteries i think it's been crucial really and i think i mean productivity's gone through the roof but people are probably working working a little bit smarter smarter rather than harder and it's it's that fine balance isn't it because i mean at the end of the day it's that quality of life as well you you, you don't live to work. It's it's you've got to have that fine balance.
2: Yeah, but I I think now you see in in this psychological safety, like within Maslow's hierarchy of needs, people have psychological safety, and safety is as, as their basic needs. And if people don't feel that they can ask for permission to be off, or even take that time off, if if there's if there's not high trust in the organization, people will see that as words. They'll go, oh yeah, my boss is telling me, or my line manager is telling me, I can take some time off, but you know they really want that report so it is also in building those relationships so there is high trust there too so it's great that you're doing i mean i think you know you as company when you set up Nuco, in the foundation of that was to have that balance and you know to make sure that you you guys had time off you know you could balance work and life although you all work really hard so i know that too
1: yeah, I think we all do. But I mean, even like for yourself, I remember when you brought people, like you empowered people right from the very beginning. I remember like Cornelia off when she came in and just seeing them sort of, everybody, again, it, in a startup environment it's it's fun but there's a lot of work to do but i think if you you've always surrounded yourself with good people and and let them get on with it and i think um it's crucial for for employees to sort of take a note of that and um i think going forward it's going to be very different i think compared to what it was pre-covid so um
2: yeah it's it's i i love to find people who've got the right attitude and aptitude because actually they can learn if they have those two things. They can learn everything else because sometimes the person who's got the best qualification just doesn't have the uh, the aptitude or the right attitude to work in the team and whatever. So it's yeah, I, I love bringing people in and bringing them up. And you know, I think you found Cornelia for us. So I was like, didn't you? I mean, I'm, I was trying. Yeah, to- a long
1: time ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I
2: was like, I was like, I would have been lost without her. And then Matthijs coming on board and everything. Uh, like, it was, they were crazy times. And we all worked really, really hard. But actually, when you're doing something that you love, it doesn't feel like work. I mean, you know, I, so I don't really like using the family analogy, because actually in a family, there's unconditional love and support for what you do. But in work, there's a condition, there's an employment contract. And, you know, if you can't do your job in the end, you have to leave. <laughs> but yeah. but um, it was... It was like a group of friends being together. And, and you know, we all work crazy hours in odd times. And, um, but it just, because people trusted us, because people were really engaged in, in the mission, it, yeah it, it actually just felt like a whole lot of fun i mean it was
1: yeah. crazy but it was it was lots of fun <laughs> so many stories i hope you've got that book ready so um <laughs> I, I totally agree and i think that even like from a newco perspective exactly the same i mean me and john sometimes we we're like uh siblings we argue but at the same time we love what we do and um yeah it, it's it's just great to sort of be involved and, and talk to people like yourself and get that same passion so uh fantastic excellent well let's move nicely to the future so uh, I'm going to hand
0: you over to John. Yeah. So the the first question I had on the future was, um, and you, you've touched on it a bit there in terms of <clears throat> how things have changed and how it's so important that you know even more than ever that people are empowered, people feel like they can take a break, all those sorts of things. Uh, do you think that HR in is going to take an even more important role in the future than perhaps it did pre-COVID to ensure that those aspects are really focused on more so than ever because of the need for those things to be there.
2: Um, yes, now I've always thought that HR, you know, was about empowering people, but you've got two yeah. different types of HR. You've got operational excellence, you know, in process and procedure that, Obviously, has to be in an organisation because you have to have those foundations so that things can be repeated easily and quickly. And um, this is HR's time. I mean, it should have come a long time ago. And any good uh, business always valued the HR input. But this is our time now, mm, you know, yeah. for HR leaders to step up and create environments. Where people are fully empowered, and there's an agility and flexibility to the workforce that will allow things to happen. I like CEOs should be looking at employing HR professionals who who can make who who have a good business acumen, because obviously, if you're talking in terms of all of the allegedly soft stuff, and you're not talking about your customers, and you don't know who they are, why why you know what we even do for them you're not connected into the business in a way that you can make a difference mm-hmm. you know when you're at a meeting you have to be able to talk about the products that you have how you know how are you going to train your sales teams if you don't know if you're selling solutions or products so like you know so you have to have a good business acumen you have yeah. to understand people and this emotional intelligence piece you know which has always been there like it, it has to now be spoken about we do talk now about mindfulness and well-being um, mm-hmm. and uh, we talk about diversity and inclusion and all of those things but it has to be able to be turned into a good business case like why do you do these things you know what return on investment are you going to get and, and when HR professionals can talk in those terms then it's easier to sell the concept that we want to invest so much in people because before mm-hmm. people were seen as a cost you know it's one of your biggest costs but people don't talk about the return on investment. How, how, if you have, you know, I can't, if we had to have paid the people like in networks or in O3B or SES networks, if we had to pay the people for all of the hours that they did, we would never have been able to afford that workforce, if you know what I mean. But by yeah.
1: time,
2: a fully engaged workforce where everybody's working towards the same mission and a remuneration strategy that understood how how the company made money and therefore how we what we could pay employees when they reach that objective and um, that's a perfect combination so you know so yes it's it's time for hr to finally be at the table and finally make a difference and be as valued as you know the cfo the coo the CCO. yeah
0: I completely agree yeah i completely agree um the the other thing yeah, obviously for most people, although there are some horror stories out there of people forcing uh, individuals to go into offices, but for the most part, we've all been working remotely. Um, there's been lots of stories about companies saying, you know, it, we can, will be, Spotify came out recently, didn't they, and said, you know, you can be remote forever. And, you know, lots of, there's lots of, you know, big PR stories, whether they all follow through or not, who knows. Um, but how do you think that's going to, affect things when offices do reopen because it feels like there could be a real split of companies that kind of say got to come back now and then there's going to be ones that don't and it, it it could potentially create quite a divide so I was curious to see what your what your take on that is and and your advice on what organizations should be considering when we hopefully get to a stage where offices do reopen
2: yeah um I think back to this agility and flexibility again. So we need to build agile, flexible teams. And if we as employers are not being agile and flexible, we're going to lose good people. So we okay. will, we can never, well, we should never say this, but it, it seems impossible to imagine a world where everybody has to be in an office nine to five, Monday to Friday. And even, yeah. in, even in the recent past, there has been more flexibility around that people don't go to work at nine o'clock and finish at five o'clock anymore there have always been staggered hours you, know, you have your sales teams working of course you know having calls at 11 o'clock at night because they're dealing with different geographical areas yeah I, I believe the right answer is going to be a blend of everything I know people are desperate to get back to work because they they what they they're missing that interaction. You're going for a coffee and meeting somebody going, hi, how are you? Like, you know, and and being able to (laughs) chat about the rugby. Well, we won't talk about the rugby. (laughs) Yes, Ireland's doing terribly badly. (laughs) But talk about the rugby, talk about the football, talk about, I know, the the theatre. You know, um, when the world opens up again, and it will open up again, there needs to be that balance. And actually each individual if again, we're getting back to that in creating a trust and an environment where employees trust their organization to be able to say what they want or what they need from that, because it's a blend as a working mom, yeah. it's it, it was, I always like to have a bit of flexibility and it was good to just get the kids off to school and stay at home and not talk to anybody to get stuff done. Mm. But it's also good to be in the, in, in the office and to sort of find out like, you know, as, sales teams come back into the office and tell you about their latest exploits you know to really get it from the horse's mouth and go yes that's great so it if employers are not going to be agile and flexible enough for the workforce and it will be different for everyone Mm. then they are going to lose good people and lose out an opportunity for people to really balance
0: yeah i agree it's going to be it's going to be a strange time we actually um on our on our own level we actually i was putting stuff putting stuff in bags to move out yesterday so we've made the decision to get rid of the office um, because the lease expires
1: um,
0: you know in a couple of in a couple of weeks and it just doesn't there's no point keeping it until such point that we know that we're going to be back into one Um, and we've already committed and agreed you know we're going to have a a blended um, a blended mix but I'm 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 curious to see how it will play out and whether people's tune will have properly changed in terms of allowing flexibility so we'll we'll see which um which leads us nicely into uh, in some questions around diversity so back to Laurie. fantastic thanks john so dara um
1: i mean at scs networks i know it's something that you are very passionate about um and you built high performance teams in and around diversity um i know um <laughs> you're all about people reaching their full potential um and, be cr- and creating this sort of workplace structure where um it enables people to do that so when it comes to sort of diversity really sort of keen to understand what's uh, what's your view um and and how how can we overcome what, what what's the problem with diversity and not, not getting enough talent into the industry from from outside the traditional male technology perspective
2: yeah I mean, there's a lot in the question you've just asked. I mean, I think yeah. privacy is a very complicated issue. It's it's not gonna be yeah. solved in one sentence or one action. It's it's going to take yeah. time to solve this. Um I I uh it's easy in a startup to have a diverse workforce because actually you're so busy trying to get things done, you're gonna take whoever can do the job. You don't care. You know, you yeah. really don't care. As long as they can yeah. do the job and you know, they're a good pair of hands, you're gonna take them in. Um that's not to say that people don't have their unconscious bias. Um, it's yeah. it also, like, when I think about uh, diversity, inclusion, and these are the new words before it was called equality, and before that it was called something else. Like, there's nothing new under the sun. It's always, we're just re-tagging things. But again, I believe that this is a time now for things to change. Um, I'll come back to women in technology in a few minutes, because there's lots of, of changes there, and you know, more yeah. women are going into... Uh, um, well, actually, might as well deal with that while, while we're talking about it. more women are in, in university and, you know, are taking degrees that are, are the right ones for the technology industry. So, um, so that eventually will come around, just like there would be more women CEOs, you know, as, as yeah. those things will come up. And um, it saddens me when women have to become more like men to do those jobs. I've met mm-hmm. some women, you just think, oh, you're now acting like one of the men, you know, like, is that what you want? Like, how, how can you be yourself?
1: yeah
2: but but um i'm back to this issue around trust in the workplace diversity and inclusion does not change until people feel psychologically safe in work like if you're if you're a gay man and you on monday morning somebody asks you how you've been how was your weekend and you can't say oh i went you know skiing with my boyfriend or you know and you feel you can't say that then you yeah. don't feel psychologically safe which means you only bring part of yourself to work you don't bring your whole self and all your enthusiasm because there's something that you're not telling people. If you're, if you're a working mom and you've had this terrible weekend with the kids because you know somebody's teething and you know you had to answer an email and get some other stuff done and you're trying to cook the dinner, and somebody asks you how your weekend was, but you know the minute you say that you've been minding the kids, somebody will have an assumption about that, or the person you yeah. will make a a unconscious or conscious bias against you because you're a working mom then you're not going to say these things if yeah if we are serious about diversity even just taking that example of working women and um, mm. if you do not have policies in work that allow a woman to go off and have a baby because women still have the babies
0: <laughs> okay. if that, hasn't have it, changed.
2: that hasn't changed <laughs> i hope it doesn't change um, if if you don't allow women who usually are in that age bracket where you know they're adding value to business and then there's a perception that oh they're not going to be as dedicated or they're not going to be as focused or you know this whole thing about pregnancy brain it drives me nuts yeah if you're if you're gonna not allow women to go off and have babies and come back and step back in and keep them engaged while they're off Work, you know, off having their baby, which is completely unpaid work. Usually, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's it's not valued work. Um, you come back into the workforce, and um, you know, you have to be able to include them back in and keep them in the frame, and not write them off as somebody who now they have kids, they're not really going to want to take that call at eleven o'clock at night because that's not right. So these are the unconscious biases in the organisation. You know, the same about um, uh, different people have different race or uh, sexual orientation the great thing about video is people start to get to know each other and get to understand the cultures and some some yeah sometimes it's just people just don't understand that culture you know they just don't understand and and the, i think over the last 18 months people have had lots more exposure to individuals and 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 how they work and and their environments and so i think that's all really good for diversity mm. inclusion it will help
1: yeah. Did I,
2: answer
1: I totally question? Question. agree. <laughs> you did uh, oh, more than one question. That was fantastic. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it amazes me, especially in our job, the amount of people that we place in in, in region in different countries. And I mean, it's a small world. I mean, it's the the talent is global. Um, but it's it's like you said, it's understanding the different cultures, maybe a slightly different way of working and adapting to that. And at the same time, you've got that loyalty. If you can empower and trust them, yeah. um, you're, you're building the foundations to be successful. Um, so sort of continuing on that, really. I mean, you've touched on it as well. But how do you sort of see this being addressed going forward, especially in, in the current environment?
2: Yeah, I think... Um again, it's multifaceted. In in yeah. the world of work, as employers, we have to make sure we create the environment where people are comfortable to talk about who they are and yeah. for there not to be any repercussions because of that. We need to teach people about unconscious bias and, um, you know, because actually we all have unconscious bias on, on a number of things. So you have to and, you know, people can do this work themselves, if they're really serious about working well with everybody they come across, they have to understand how in their own mind, like their upbringing, their education, what what unconscious bias do they hold, like, and what conscious bias do they hold mm-hmm. and start to look at that, like, if people are really serious about this, then they have to start to look at themselves you know, mm-hmm. like, what am I doing about this? Because it's too easy to say oh, our employers have to do something and we put some nice words on some paper and then we'll talk about yeah. it when people ask us. But actually it's about what am I doing every day? Am I helping this or am I hindering this and progress in this area? So I, I, yeah. I think it's a mixture of self-reflection. It's a mixture of uh, some good training and work so people open up their eyes to what they're doing. It also is about The whole recruitment process you know people are making from a piece of paper they're making lots of assumptions
1: yeah straight
2: away about people's age diversity is about so many different things you know age education university degrees like why do you need somebody to have a university degree if their job doesn't need them to have it it's only a way it's a lazy way of of getting rid of 300 cvs you know it's in everything. It's it's in
1: yeah. everything. Mm. Yeah, totally agree with you. I mean, it drives me mad. And I think if you look at uh, what what you guys achieved back in the day, I mean, that that was you didn't worry about that. And it actually, if you look at the people that where they are now, um, and I'm thinking of people like Andy Doherty and stuff that have come from the military the work ethic, the the, the, the sort of um, the experience and working around the world and having those different cultural effects, it, it's it's an asset and I think that's why um, why it works. I mean, it's, it's a complex subject and we could talk about this all day, but I think really valuable to get your take and uh, you made some great points there. So good, excellent. Well, um, more on a little bit of the lighter stuff. So I'm gonna now pass you over to John. Um, this is more of the fun side so you can relax a little bit now, but um, JC, over to you.
0: All right. So, Dara, obviously, we've met a number of times and know a fair bit about you, but um, but we like our listeners to, to get to know a little bit more about the individuals themselves. Um, so a perfect weekend. Uh, I know lots of bits around your passions and family and all those sorts of things. So take us through a uh, take us through a perfect weekend for Dara.
2: Okay, well, first of all, is it a summer weekend, a winter weekend, or a COVID
1: weekend?
0: You choose your perfect weekend.
1: <laughs> I, I, I was going to say a summer weekend because I think I know you are. Let's what go summer.
0: To we're all we're all hankering for summer. Let's go summer. Yeah,
2: so you you know that I like to sail, and you, you know that I like to go to menorca and sail there. So uh, so I think a summer weekend is Friday and. Uh, uh, Dinner, drinks. I love a glass of wine, so a nice glass of wine and a nice cooking. I love when everybody's in the kitchen and we're all cooking together and we sit down as a family and have a meal together. Um, then uh, generally, if it's warm, then, well, it depends on rugby. I'm first aider for my son's rugby team. So I, actually, you know, I'm the one who runs out on the pitch. On wow. what's, of what's the
0: worst injury you've had to attend?
2: Oh, uh, well... So, well, there's usually a lot of blood and guts, right? <laughs> because everybody's got broken everything, um, but actually broken arm. This poor little boy was walking along, and he, it was his first match. Oh, his arm is broken. I was thinking, why is he not – he can't put on his top. <laughs> you know, I was going – come here he's going no, I'm fine I was going no no come here i was going okay he's a broken arm why didn't you sit down <laughs> so broken arm dislocations that's also uh, but also there's lots of blood usually
1: I'm sure
2: <laughs> torn and things but um uh, so after rugby although in the summertime see see this is why it's uh, summertime there's not rugby that's finished um uh and then walk I love walking I love sailing I love kayaking I just love the water and actually living in the Hague it's quite it's lovely to go Stunning. to in, in winter t- time when it's just a crazy like the the sea is so powerful I really I find it very peaceful um, and then to sail I'm a really bad sailor I keep falling I sail a laser I keep falling out <laughs> but it's good <laughs> exercise climbing back in um um so I've, I've recently moved to more yacht sailing because you you don't fall out <laughs> of a yacht um yeah but we were sailing um actually in the summertime and uh, the sea was like we were looking at the horizon and I've made a decision and I've told my husband that the next time when the horizon is not flat, like way out in the distance, you can see the waves. I'm not going on the boat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so Usually it's at, uh, Sunday is church. Uh, at, and now you can go to any church online. It's brilliant sort of, we're sort of church hoppy then sort of Holy Trinity, Brompton is a great church. Right now. So, church and, and then, you know, uh, more food and, and family.
0: Oh, fabulous. Well, it sounds sounds absolutely lovely. Um, and so we're going to go straight into um, straight into the quickfire round where we're going to make you choose on some of those things. So, uh, so yeah. Oh,
1: Brilliant. So there's no clues here, but I'm interested to see what answer you actually give. You can only give me the one um, and got, you need to sort of think on your feet. So first of all, we always ask this, especially in the current environment, um, triumphed in lockdown or failed in lockdown? Triumphed. Yeah, never any doubt. And I know your your daughter got married this year as well. Was it this year or, or, or just last that year? Just back in
2: September, so, yeah. We had to cancel the whole big wedding in Guernsey and do a really small, lovely, lovely wedding. Just just uh, parents and, and siblings. It was great. It's the way fantastic. forward for weddings. It's much better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah definitely that uh, is as the way daughter, forward as, as the dad of three daughters i'm very much hoping so Dara. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant excellent
1: so this one it might be quite difficult but um sailing or kayaking sailing thought oh, that might be the case spa break or an active holiday oh active holiday
2: yeah
1: Yep. Yeah, OK. Um, so cooking a big family meal or actually being cooked for by the family?
2: No, cooking a big family meal. I quite like to be in control of things. So uh, so I, I like to be in the kitchen giving orders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good delegation. Um, OK, fantastic. Um, camping or glamping?
2: Oh, neither. Well, glamping. If I have to go camping, I'm going glamping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, a new build or a, uh, a doer-upper? A doer upper. Yeah, I thought so. Um, animals I'm interested but Why
2: do you think that? Why do you think that? Because uh,
1: d- didn't you have a project that you were looking to do um, either back in Ireland or back in the UK? I-, I remember that a few years ago. I don't know whether that sort of come to fruition, but I remember when you were telling me, I was like, "Are you mad? You want to do that?" So um, yeah, yeah, no,
2: that Menorca. That that's Menorca farmhouse in Menorca.
1: Very nice, excellent. Mind. So um, okay, um, animals or children? Children. <laughs> there was a pause there. Um, I, know, okay. I know, I know, because our dog died
2: and I really miss him. But actually, I just, I had to quickly think, well, you know, no, I miss the children more.
1: <laughs> Especially in this current environment, it, it's well, it, a tough question.
2: That's COVID and you say, I just can't believe how many wet towels I have to pick up off the floor and <laughs> uh, things I have to do. But
1: anyhow. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, self-catering or all-inclusive? Self catering.
2: Oh, I don't Gap. know. It I see. I wouldn't go on that type of holiday. I'd go sailing.
1: Okay, <laughs> there we go. Um, Gap or Gucci?
2: Actually, Gap. I'm pretty practical. Oh no, but Gap these days isn't as good as, it, as good as it used to be. So yeah, yeah. See, now I'm starting to procrastinate.
1: <laughs> there we go. One final question: um, Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix yeah okay fantastic um brilliant yeah, why? okay well why
2: yeah okay for t- why
1: why i mean uh, it's got me through the last 12 months really i mean yeah. i've become <laughs> literally the the, the the new barry norman the addict. i mean don't get me wrong disney plus is fantastic so mandalorian and we're watching one division at the moment with the children but um yeah you can't beat netflix so uh me and my wife we we've done the crown we're doing um This is up, but I think that's on Amazon, but anyway, different story. Need to watch that, that's amazing. Um, Okay, Uh, we could talk all day, but now I'm gonna pass it over to John because this is the last question that we always ask and uh, yeah, interested to get your your input on this.
0: Yeah, so the final question is the same for every guest that we have on the show, Dara, Um, and this is related uh, very much on an HR level. So uh, what one piece of advice would you give to someone entering a career in HR today? Find a
2: company, that resonates with you don't like if you're starting off in your career and and be clear whether you want to go into hr operations like because there are companies who 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 are happy to have people apply the regulations are there people who want uh, it's like it's a difference between transactional or relational hr so you know be clear about what you want to do and some people will like you have to choose what you want or maybe there's a blend but um uh, so be clear about what you want to do um, and really know that your heart is for in- equipping people because that's our job it's to help people be the best they can be and whether that's the receptionist or the ceo it shouldn't matter okay really to equip people and i was thinking like albert einstein said the only thing more dangerous than uh, ignorance is arrogance so approach work work hard don't be arrogant learn from the people around you and and have fun if work's not fun it's it's a it's a drudgery right so it's important that you really have you really enjoy what you do because otherwise it's too hard
0: completely agree and wonderful wonderful advice and insights so thank you so much for joining us on the show dara it was a real pleasure to have you thank you very much
2: no thank you very much it's been great
0: (laughs) thanks a lot dara brilliant Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.neuco-group.com. You've been listening to The Tech That Connects Us.